0: Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can learn how to best prepare themselves for the future of work. Each episode features an interview with an Ismaili at the leading edge of their field and is available in a podcast format and on The Ismaili TV. Yali Medet and welcome back to Careers of the Future. The show where we get to hear from Ismailis at the leading edge of their fields about how we as students can most effectively prepare for the future of work. My name is Zaki Lakhani, I'm a student, and I'll be your host for today's episode where we will be exploring the future of management consulting. My guest today is Amin Merchant. Amin is a managing director and senior partner at Boston Consulting Group and is based in its New York office. Amin has been with BCG since 1991 and has served in a variety of roles at the firm, currently an active member of their healthcare and operations practices. Recently, Amin was named as one of 2020's Top 25 Consultants by Consulting Magazine, in recognition of his service to his firm, its clients, and the industry as a whole. Amin holds a BS in economics from the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School and an MBA from Harvard Business School. Amin, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today.
1: thank you so much for interviewing me. Glad to be here.
0: Amin, I'm going to start what I'm sure will be a very engaging conversation by setting the stage and providing some context for those members of our audience who may not be familiar with the field of management consulting. As you know, there are various firms and various types of roles within the management consulting space. Could you explain the general roles and responsibilities of a management consultant? And in addition, what operations you are responsible for as a managing director and senior partner of a major consulting firm?
1: Sure, Zaki. So so the easiest way to explain management consulting is to think of it as a doctor for companies. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I taking on the high honor of calling myself a doctor. Not at all. They still provide a lot more value to the world than than management consultants do. But think about issues that a company may have, whether it's on its organization, whether it's in how to get a product to market, whether it's in expanding to a new sector or segment that they may not have served before, or frankly, combining all of those pieces to figure out how best to serve their customers. And that's generally what a management consulting firm does. Now, obviously, as you, as you referenced, there are a number of different consulting firms. Some tend to be more technical, some tend to be much more broad, some tend to focus on one particular industry, and others cover a variety of industries. My role is uh, my clients are primarily in the healthcare space, and I do a lot of operations work in healthcare. And by that, I mean looking at global plant networks, looking at the launch of a new product, where to serve that product, how best to get the product to market, both on the supply chain side, as well as on the actual production and logistics side. Now, that's my role on the client set of activities. Uh, For BCG itself, given that I've been there for a while, I've got a few management positions, And over the years, I've uh, managed a geography for BCG. I've spent some time out in Asia. uh, And then now I'm on the board of BCG as part of the Audit and Risk Committee for them.
0: Amin, thank you for that excellent context regarding the roles and responsibilities of a consultant and that background on the industry as a whole. Now I'd like to discuss your personal journey in consulting. Uh, I recently read in an interview of yours that you had very little idea what consulting was until your junior year of college when you got a taste of what it was like to advise companies on market and growth-driven strategies. Could you provide us with some reflections on your time over the years in the industry, the most important lessons you've learned from your very first interview to now with your senior roles at BCG? So,
1: and now you take me back many, many years when you say from my very first interview. But what, what really attracted me to management consulting, once I started reading more about it, and frankly, even interviewing for the job, it really engaged the problem-solving side of my, my brain. It was something that, that allowed me to pick and choose and look at different ways to address an issue, to solve a problem to create more value or to to proceed with more of a positive momentum for the companies that uh, a consulting firm advises and for my role in part of the team that advises the company and that has been one of the constant uh, underlying themes that i've seen and frankly i've loved in my job as a management consultant the the role of course has changed over the years initially it was very much more analytic. It then became much more focused on engaging the analysis along with working with other members of the team. Then it became much more in thinking and and putting myself in the mindset of what the clients need. And then now it's putting all of those pieces together to figure out what best can we do to deliver real tangible value to our clients. That problem solving aspect and communicating with the team has become a core part of that journey and the arc of of delivering value to the clients, and frankly, enjoying working with an amazing team along the way.
0: Amin, thank you very much for sharing your experiences and your lessons over the years. And it's very inspiring to see the, the passion with which you approach your work. And now that we've been through your background, I'd like to turn our attention to the climate and the situation in the consulting field as a whole. The theme of this series concerns the future of work, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how the pandemic has forced the various institutions and enterprises you advise to radically shift their approaches and pivot in the corporate environment. So more now than ever, it's likely that these companies need advice as to how to manage these changes to the market and to the industry. So I have a few questions in that vein. The first is, Are you optimistic about the role that consulting can play during the pandemic and in the post-pandemic environment? What are your views on the short-term versus evolving nature of changes to the consulting field? And what have you done to start preparing or responding to these changes yourself? As
1: you think about consulting, as you think about how a company advises other companies, every time there's change, whether there's change in the marketplace, whether there's change in the uh, competition that the company is engaged with, whether there's change from a pandemic perspective, which is what we're seeing now. Every time there's a change, there needs to be a new way to address or approach a problem. And that's what has continued to evolve during this pandemic. The most immediate issue first off was to say how do we actually work and connect with our clients when we used to sit side by side, when we used to engage in person on a daily basis, how does how do you evolve that to their then becoming uh, more remote, to working on video, to sending emails and working on uh, electronic media as opposed to sitting side by side. And that evolution surprisingly, didn't take that long. I, I, when, I, when we first went into lockdown, my biggest concern was that we wouldn't be able to connect with our clients. We wouldn't be able to really get into the guts of the issues that they faced because we weren't there with them. What I was pleasantly surprised by is everybody took to the video uh, mechanism. Everybody took to engaging much more actively And what happened was we began to connect much more one-on-one or small groups than we did in the past, which got us a better understanding of what individuals felt like, as opposed to what the overall organizational perspectives were. And that interaction, I think, allowed us to better understand the issues that needed to be addressed. Now, that evolved really quickly. It evolved really quickly because, as you've seen, during the pandemic, there's no real time off. You're always on because somebody can always send you an email. They can always give you a phone call. They can always send you a text. And given that it's a lockdown and you're not out and about or traveling, the expectation is that you need to respond pretty quickly. And that led to a little bit of just work fatigue for many of the consulting firms and frankly, even for our clients, because they themselves were working in this always on mode and everybody was just exhausted. I think what's happened since is people have begun to recognize that there's both the plus and a minus in this remote work style. And how do you engage? How do you connect the clients? How do you pull the pieces together? Has to continue to become the core, or remain the core, sorry. But you have to have certain times where you can actually shut down. Now, what's happening is, this is leading to what I would say is the medium term or the evolution of work, a lot of what companies and individuals will need to do, whether it's in consulting, frankly, or in any other industry, it's learning how to work with technology in a way that allows it to support and enhance your output as opposed to burden you. And I've seen times where I've spent some time with my teams and I've said, look guys, let's turn the video off. Let's just spend time thinking about what the issue is and let's work on documents that we can send to each other. Other times when we're brainstorming, I'll have five or six people come together and we'll spend a focused amount of time on brainstorming rather than a four hour time when everybody's just exhausted. That evolution, I think, is something that is going to play out in how companies work with employees and frankly, what the workplace itself is gonna look like. The workplace needs to be a place for Apprenticeship, learning how to do the job, and understanding how work should be done with clients, what's the values of a particular firm, and what will create the most impact for them. That evolution is something that all of us, all of us, and our Jamaat, will need to understand as we get into the workforce.
0: I mean, thank you. And I think that based on your remarks, adaptability is going to be a central hallmark of where the consulting field moves in the future, especially considering the unprecedented times that we are currently facing uh, that has really shifted the industry radically in that sense. Now, I'm sure that your many years in the field have given you a great sense of the skill sets and the traits necessary to be successful and deliver for clients. Now, many of our audience members might be young adults or students interested in pursuing a career in consulting. What would you say are the foremost skill sets or traits or competencies required to be a successful and value-adding consultant or a successful member of the business realm as a whole? For example, is there a specific educational background required for success in the field?
1: I'm glad you mentioned both management consulting and general business as a whole. And the reason is, in our field, in the work that we do, we have to understand multiple sets of businesses. And therefore, becoming a good management consultant, frankly means becoming a good business analyst. It means becoming a good business communicator. It means becoming a good business colleague and partner and teammate those combinations apply not just for consulting, but they apply for the general business field out there. And that combination of getting the analytic portions right, understanding the combination of how do you communicate, understanding what the key elements are for how you work as part of a team, that combination is critical. Frankly, for management consulting, there isn't any specific major or background or degree that you need. You just need to be able to feel comfortable with numbers and you need to be able to feel comfortable with people. And guess what? That's something that I think is a success factor for any field you get into. But I think it's critically important to get that combination, right? It's not just getting a particular degree with a particular Um, uh, analytic depth or focus, it's being able to apply that depth with others, in connection with others. And that combination is what I think makes a successful consultant and what I would urge our Jamaat to be doing, which is balancing both sides of the analytic portion of what you do, as well as the interpersonal portion of what one does.
0: I mean, I think that those insights into these relevant skills and competencies will be extremely helpful for those watching. Thank you. Now, perhaps as an extension to my last question, I'm sure that the networking process can also play an important role in consulting recruiting. How do you suggest that students and youth can take advantage of the networking process as it relates to consulting and perhaps leverage the expertise of Jamati members like yourself who are well-established in this area?
1: For any field, if you know people in that field, it makes it a lot easier to understand what the requirements are, what the capabilities are that will be helpful as you proceed, and honestly to be able to understand better which helps you position yourself better. So my view would be in the Jamaat uh, there are many consultants who are very good and frankly who are at the top of their field. If you can find out who they are and many of them volunteer, many of them have provided uh, uh, a, a perspective that that to the Jamaat itself that gives you more of an understanding of what the field is and therefore connecting with them, understanding what it's about, enables you to be more successful. And I think part of the the network is looking at people who are successful in, in your specific field that you are interested in, speaking to them, getting advice from them, connecting with them, and therefore being successful in your initial job search and job applications.
0: I think this has been an incredibly engaging and illuminating conversation. And as we draw it to a close, I want to ask you again, with the background and with the interests of our audience in mind, What are your foremost critical pieces of advice or takeaways would you have for young adults and youth and students who want to enter the consulting field? And I'll give you a challenge. I want you to provide some homework to our viewers wherever they may be watching. What are some short-term goals that they can set um, and begin thinking about as soon as they finish watching this interview and what are some longer-term goals that may aid them into an easy and successful transition into the field of management consulting.
1: Thank you for that challenge. I think that is an area where our Jamaat can make immediate impact in what they do. So what I would the challenge I would set forth is Take a look at what you are most interested in. Are you somebody who is much more comfortable with numbers? Are you somebody who's much more engaged in interacting with people? Are you somebody who likes thinking on his own or her own? Or somebody who likes thinking as a group? Put down those three or four things, right? Your analytic capabilities, your ability to engage as part of a team, your ability to think through problems either collectively or individually, and see where you stand on those. If you are very strong in one of those areas, great. Continue to do things that keep that strength. However, if you're not as strong in some of the other areas, then spend some time, do some activities, engage in coursework, or spend some time in bolstering those areas where you are not as strong, right? The idea is the strength in business advice, the strength in, frankly, success in the business world comes not just by having one highlighted strength, it comes from being strong across a variety of dimensions. And that combination makes you a powerful business advisor, makes you a powerful leader, whether it's in the community or whether it's in the business world. That combination is what I would suggest you take on. There may be subjects, and all of us have those, that you don't like. Understand why you don't like them. Look, I'll be honest, right? I never liked history just because I was like, oh, it's boring stuff, it's stuff from the past, why is it going to matter? I now love reading history. And what I realized was I used to think about history as what are the dates, what are the facts, what are the issues? And I began to now, I begin to now, sorry, see history as the journey that people have taken, the journey that companies have taken, the journey that countries have taken. And that's changed my perspective on a subject, to be honest, that I that I used to shy away from. And that's allowed me to be much more interactive with my clients. As you can tell, my initial focus was, I used to be really strong in Um, the analytic side of things, you know, whether it was maths or whether it was science, I would spend a lot of time trying to problem solve. And I realized that was really good for a portion of what I did. But for the other portion, it was much more important to be able to communicate and connect. So take a look at those, those three or four things I mentioned. Analytic skills, conceptual skills, teaming skills, and overall partnership and problem solving. Where are you strong? Where are you less strong? And bolster the areas where you are less strong and you will become a phenomenal and successful business person.
0: I mean, I'm very hopeful that our young, I'm very hopeful that our young viewers watching will heed your advice and evaluate their own areas for growth and their own strengths and competencies in addition. Another question I want to ask you surrounds the international nature of consulting. We have an international audience that are watching our conversation right now. And I'm aware that you are advising companies in all different parts of the world across various languages, cultures, and traditions. And I was really inspired by your conversation about how consulting can expand one's worldview. Can you speak a little bit about how your international and global perspectives have been influenced by the work you do?
1: So look, I was born and raised in Pakistan, in Karachi, and I came to the US for college. That combination gave me already a more global perspective than I think many of my colleagues in my firm had. But it wasn't just the what I had when I was growing up, it was much more what I applied when I began my educational career, when I began my professional career. And uh, about three or four years into my career at BCG, I decided that I wanted to get that international flavor. And frankly, I spent some time in Southeast Asia, uh, initially for a few months in Singapore, uh, to help open up our offices in Jakarta, in Jakarta, Indonesia. And I spent about a year and a half there. And it gave me a whole new lens, right? Most of my time I'd spent in the U.S. working uh, with, with companies and clients in the U.S. but those companies had global operations and for me to be successful I had to understand how the world operates, how companies need to serve customers around the world. And because of that, I spent some time in Asia just understanding the market, understanding the, the competitive dynamics, understanding what it takes to succeed, understanding what customers needed that it was different in the East versus the West. And that combination has really now served me well. as I As a partner, I advise companies globally. A lot of my perspective is now not just the US, not just what i do in europe but understanding our emerging markets particularly when i think about asia when i think about central asia there are a whole number of opportunities where business is growing business advice is needed understanding an outside in perspective on what companies need to do is going to become very important and i would say particularly in the emerging uh, markets around the world this is going to become a wave of advice of uh, and therefore of management consulting growth that is in the market and therefore our Jamaat can be a part of it and can join firms that serve those markets and therefore be part of the, of the global growth of this business.
0: I Amin, mean, the discussion we've just had has reminded me a lot about the central ethics of our faith and of Islam, about service to others, about pursuing education, about pursuing our own intellect. And I'm very curious as to now, having discussed the international perspectives that you've been provided with as a management consultant, how do you view it as a form of creating positive change and improving the quality of life, not just domestically, but of others internationally?
1: That is awesome. I'm so glad you raised that. For any strong consulting firm, for any company that looks to advise businesses, we have to think about not just what the business does by itself for its own benefit, but what does that business do to help with society? What does it do to help the communities in which it operates? What does it do to help train the workforce so that way they can, both benefit the company itself, but benefit the environment around. And to be honest, the firm that I am, uh, I'm at, and the firm that I've stayed at for such a long time, it's now getting almost up to 29 years. It's because I feel that we look at what we can do to improve society. What can we do as part of our advice for our, our clients, to not just benefit the client, but benefit the environment around. We're spending a lot of time on climate change. We're spending a lot of time on improving education and health. We're spending a lot of time in understanding how to ensure that global trade flows are beneficial for all the parties involved, as opposed to just for one or the other. That combination is something that, to be honest, I think is a core part of who I am and because of my leadership role at my firm, I am proud to say that's also something that BCG does, which is one, why I'm there, and two, what I can help continue to reinforce the benefit and the value for it. I think your point about what our faith asks us, frankly, requires us to do, which is not only benefit yourself, but do what you can to benefit others. And that's a mantra, that's something that I feel is critical for all our Jamaat to keep in mind in whatever job you take. It's about helping yourself, helping others and helping society and the community. That combination is what I think creates the best way to serve others and frankly, therefore, eventually the best way to benefit yourself.
0: Those insights have been extremely valuable. And I particularly appreciate throughout your discussion, the nature of the symbiotic relationship in consulting between not only the firm, not only its partners and the client between that relationship, but also the spillover effects that can benefit entire communities and the world at large. Now I want to bring this back full circle and jog your memory back to when you had just finished college, when you were looking into a career in consulting. I mean, looking back all these years from the position that you're at now, managing director and senior partner of a major consulting firm, what would you have told yourself back then with considering the experiences and the lessons that you've learned over the years that you think will benefit and inspire our audience today?
1: I think there are three things. One, Always, always have an open mind to different ideas, different perspectives, different experiences. Whether you are good at those things, whether you have had a positive experience, or interestingly, if you've had a negative experience, every single one of those experiences is an opportunity for you to learn and understand how to improve yourself. So having that open mind and therefore allowing yourself to learn and improve both yourself and therefore your ability to serve. That's one. The second is challenge yourself. There are certain things that you will be inherently really good at. Perfect. Keep working on those. Keep keep those as one of your strengths. But there are things that you will be not as good at. Improve those bring those at least to a certain minimum standard that you feel comfortable, that you may not be in the top 10% of the world, but that you're at the median. That combination is going to be important, right? So challenge yourself to take on, keep your strengths strong and take your areas that you're not as strong in up to a certain minimum standard. Third, look at opportunities that you have and Assess whether or not you would enjoy doing it yourself or you are shying away from it because you feel you aren't confident enough to take those on, even though you may have the capabilities to take those on. And I think that pushing yourself, taking that extra step that you may be initially uncomfortable with is something that I think will be will really benefit you for the rest of your life. There were times when in the beginning, to be honest, I was apprehensive. I didn't think I could take on the challenges that were being thrown at me at work. I didn't think that even though I was very strong on the on the analytics side, I honestly didn't think some of the analyses that I was being asked to do, I could really solve. And what made me both, it, I, I, I think back at a couple of examples and I won't go into them now, but I think back at some of that time and I remember there was a time when it was sort of, you know, the the saying that people have, it's the, the darkest before dawn. That's exactly what I felt like. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I just put my head down, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, asked others for it, got some help, and then was able to address and solve the issue. That gave me the confidence to really step up and take the next challenge and the one after that. I think those three pieces are things that I would strongly urge everybody to do. By the way, as I was speaking, I realized maybe I should add a fourth. And the fourth is, you'll never solve all the problems in the world by yourself. You will always have to do that with a team, as part of a community. And therefore, it's absolutely okay to ask for help. It's absolutely okay to seek that advice and, and support from others. And therefore, it's absolutely important to be a team player and to be somebody who can be part of a team and be a successful contributor to the team. So I'd say those are the four things that I would, I would think through uh, for Arjuna.
0: I mean, I know that those reflections have certainly inspired me, and I hope that they will inspire our audience watching, uh, regardless of whether they enter a career in management consulting or pursue other careers. It's truly been a privilege being able to have a conversation with you today. I've learned a lot, uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and to provide some of your insights and your expertise and share it with our Jamaat. And thank you to everyone who has joined us today. Please stay tuned to The Ismaili TV for future episodes, just like this one, where you'll get to hear from established Ismailis in a variety of fields about how they are responding to the future of work. Thank you for watching. Thanks for listening to Careers of the Future. For more episodes of Careers of the Future, visit the.ismiley or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.